morning, church. My name is Elaine, and the scripture reading for this morning is taken from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, verses 1 to 12. All the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him on his right stood Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah. And on his left were Padiah, Mishael, Malkijah, Hashem, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodiah, Messiah, Kalita, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, and Peliah, instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food, and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I have a question I want to ask you. Is it possible for God to do two opposite things at once? Can God cry and laugh at the same time? Can he be angry and loving simultaneously? Can he suffer while celebrating? I don't know about your COVID reality, but for myself, I've been spending time doing two seemingly opposite things simultaneously. I've been mourning and grieving like a lot of us, and I've been partying a lot. This new sense of space and time being at home more has allowed for a lot of the dark parts of myself that I suppress or mask through my regular routine 
or busyness to surface. Depression, insecurities and traumas I've left unresolved. I've been better able to pay attention to my friends and neighbors and their own addictions and pain. Not to mention the anxiety I have sometimes thinking about the effect COVID is having economically and socially. At the same time, Caitlin and I enter our apartment downtown uh, through an alley. And this alley is its own enchanted little world. There are different cultures. People dance in the alley every day. There's a lady who sings opera. But most importantly, uh, we've become great friends and neighbors with the most lovely and fascinating people. And we party at a safe distance together regularly. Sometimes multiple days a week. We have drinks, we share stories, uh, there's music at times, sometimes we have food together. Simultaneously, my life is full of two extremes. I want to tell you a bit of the story of a guy named Nehemiah. It isn't too different from my own and maybe your own. There's a lot of crying and there's a lot of celebration. It's the first two things he tells us about himself in the opening paragraph of the memoir he wrote in the Old Testament. At the time, he was working as the king's wine sampler, testing the reds and whites to ensure they're not poisoned, so we can assume that he's been to some interesting festivities. As well in the first paragraph, his friend arrives and tells him the news about how his hometown and people are falling apart. The wall surrounding the city is in pieces. The place is a mess. The people are complacent and unmotivated. Uh, the economics and religion are chaos. It's not at all what it used to be. So Nehemiah takes a temporary leave from work and finds himself back home alone one night, walking around his old neighborhood. Close your eyes. Picture with me walking around your childhood neighborhood. Picture the house of old friends, the place you snuck your first kiss, the corner store you'd visit your old school. Nehemiah was taking a stroll down memory lane, remembering the places and people, and it hit him then exactly what he'd do to fix the situation. Just like the opening of his memoir, he'd make space for his hometown people to mourn and he'd make space for his hometown people to party. And he thinks this should spark their imaginations, help them remember themselves as he does. I like to think that Nehemiah, while walking the streets and neighborhoods, seeing old stores and things, thought, hmm, if I could get people to interact with this place again, Get them hands-on participating in the neighborhood. It would change something in them. So he gathers everybody, teenagers, children, grandparents, uncles and aunts. Nobody was excluded, and he launches a community project. They're going to give the wall a facelift, clean up the place a little, a little plaster and paint. And you can almost imagine what that would have been like for the people involved. This guy named Nehemiah comes to town and suddenly everybody is out of the house with a broom or a hammer or a paint can in hand. And you're looking around the familiar deadbeat streets 
And then suddenly to your left, you see the sweetest little elderly couple doing their part. You see children running around, filling the sky with laughter. You see teenagers stepping up, even helping getting some of the kids involved in the project. I think it would do something to you, soften you a little. It might even make you remember what things can be like around the neighborhood. And sure enough, Nehemiah was right. It seemed to do just the job. Everyone was together. Their community project was complete. And to commemorate the occasion of a job well done, they decided they'd all gather and have a priest named Ezra read to them the stories of their relatives, the story of where they came from. Ezra's storytelling must have been rather confrontational. History can be like a long look in the mirror. And suddenly the place and people are in tears. There is not a dry eye left. They can't believe they let go of how things were. They could be living in the reality they experienced while they were cleaning up the city together. And cue Nehemiah. Keep in mind, he is not a one-trick pony. The entire city now, young and old, are mourning and remembering how things were, or even how they could be. Mid-tears and handkerchiefs going everywhere, Nehemiah swoops in and disrupts everything. Stop mourning. That's enough mourning. It's done its job. It brought us together. Eat fatty food, drink sweet wine. Today is a day to party. And he launches the entire community from mourning into full-blown celebration of festival. There was camping, music, feasting, wine. It took over the place and everybody was involved. In this story, there was both honest and vulnerable mourning, and there was vibrant and colorful celebration. The party that Nehemiah threw was no coincidence. It was called the Festival of Trumpets. Hmm. It was like Coachella before there was Coachella, mixed with a Miles Davis concert, but bigger. The Festival of Trumpets celebrated something very particular. Generations before Nehemiah comes on the scene, his hometown people, Israel, yearly would throw this party in remembrance of who they are. The invited and therefore chosen community of God on earth. See, the story behind the Festival of Trumpets is of God appearing in the form of bass-like thunder on a mountain called Sinai. In strobe-like lightning, fire and smoke filled the air, and there were trumpets blaring. And it was in the presence of this party-like-God moment that they accepted the responsibility of caring for the earth and people as God invited them to do. The central idea as to why they would host this party every year was to remember specifically that if God has invited them, just as they are, every flaw, addiction, shortcoming, every problem they have socially, economically, religiously, 
from God's perspective, they are not unwanted guests. Not a passive community of people to be tolerated because there was nobody else to ask. See, because God invited them all as a community and personally, they've come to know that they are the invited and therefore chosen, dearly loved friends. This is a reason to party, to join in on the celebrations of heaven, yet... It's also an identity, a way of life, a way of life of being at home in your own skin, where you're free to mourn, free to cry, free to be honest about how difficult things can be. Often we want to hide away our pain, our anxieties, or our hurt, because we never learn to express them well. To know that emotion is actually okay. But when you know that you just as you are, in your uniqueness and your life story, are still the beloved, chosen, and invited, suddenly there is nothing to hide anymore. Mourning then has space to be part of your regular routine because nothing can rob or change God's perspective of who you are. So then... What about Jesus? Did Jesus mourn? Did Jesus party? Did he do so simultaneously? Hmm. He is the same Jesus who recreated 120 gallons of hand water into the finest wine served during a wedding reception. The same Jesus whose feet were being bathed in oil and perfume while he lounged, feasted, had a meal. Jesus, who spoke frequently about dinner tables, banquets, and paradise. His visual cues, his personal chosen branding, is fresh bread and wine. And he's the same Jesus who stood with the devil face to face, and listen to the devil's economics. He tasted salty tears and death, burying his best friends, Lazarus's death. Politicians spat in his face after exchanging money for murder in the middle of a city that was completely corrupt due to religious marketing skills. Hmm. And in the first ever gospel story written, by a gentleman named Mark, the first thing ever told about Jesus from God's perspective. The root of the story of Jesus, who mourned and partied regularly, is that when he got baptized and he comes above the water and gets the air back in his lungs, the air is filled with God's voice saying, this is my beloved son. And my friends, This is no coincidence. Being the beloved is meant to shape the entirety of our reality, 
our perceptions of the world. That same voice fills the air and reality around us. That not only are you and I invited into being God's community on earth to practice the way of Jesus in caring for the earth and in loving people, every single person and place, you, 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 everyone, are loved just as you are. This is why we party, and this is why we mourn. Because each person, in the fullness and uniqueness of who they are, are invited and dearly loved. There's no exceptions. Every person should be celebrated. And as well, each person, you and I, all of us, have plenty to mourn. And can honestly and vulnerably embrace that. Because from the perspective of God, there is nothing to hide or be ashamed of. The whole of who we are individually and as a people are invited to his party and are fully loved. Hmm. So this is my invitation to you this week, Knox. If you're a family member of this church and we are practicing following Jesus together or... If you're here today and you don't consider yourself a Jesus follower, you couldn't be bothered, but something has sparked your curiosity today. This practice could help you get your toes wet, test the waters. So this week, with someone from your community, whichever community that is, take an hour together to mourn. Cry your eyes out. Tell stories. Talk about your anxieties. How frightening this current cultural moment is. How alone you feel. And watch how tears from two or more broken people will bring you together. And then, with the same people on that day or another day this week, party and celebrate well. Celebrate being the invited, chosen, the beloved. Grab food, get a drink, turn on Leonard Cohen, and let the night breathe. So, can God do two things at once? I think the answer is yes. Simultaneously, on the corner of Queen Street and Spadina, Jesus is begging with the beggar and celebrating their humility in life. Jesus is mourning with the Black Lives Matter movement, the unjustifiable deaths of one too many black beloved people. He stands with them. He is celebrating their diversity and how they're paving a new way despite the chokehold white supremacy has on the imagination of our countries. He mourns and hides with the LGBTQ2S plus person who is contemplating suicide because they are too ashamed to admit their sexual identity to their family or church. And yet, Jesus is also celebrating the fullness and uniqueness of who they are as a person. And not only those people groups, Jesus is mourning and crying with anyone and everyone who has something to mourn. And he is celebrating every single person, 
young, old, rich, poor, your neighbor and mine, because they too, us too, are the beloved children of God. And he is the God who is mourning with us here at Knox. The ups and downs of the past 200 years, that things are no longer as they were and will never be that way again. However, he is also celebrating with us that we are the beloved and that for the next 200 years, he will be alongside of us. He is alongside of us, filling the air, asking our community, won't you party with me? Amen.